Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawk fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers here to talk Senior Bowl. We've finally reached the point in the offseason where we're talking and previewing the Senior Bowl, which is this coming weekend. So we're taking a look at players invited to the Senior Bowl in past uh, drafts. Um, more than half, uh, three quarters of these players will end up being drafted into the NFL. So it's a great time to begin to evaluate players if you haven't paid attention during the college season and this is the time uh, in the offseason as fans that you're taking a look at prospects and trying to figure out what the Seahawks might do putting together your own mock drafts all that kind of stuff this is the time now we start to pay attention so welcome in yeah so this is always a, a fun week because um, you've got some of the top players uh, either they call it the senior bowl. Either they've completed four years of uh, eligibility um, in college or they graduated in 2018 uh, from high school in order to be eligible to be here. So there are a bunch of players that aren't eligible because they're, you know, juniors declaring early, that kind of stuff. But um, still you've got a, you've got <clears throat> most of the draftable players and then they, they send out invitations and bring in um, some of the best ones. And, with the exception of quarterback, you get elite players here at the senior bowl. And it's always yeah. fun to, to watch them work out the practices, the one-on-one -on -one drills, that kind of stuff. You can learn a lot more there than in the game on Saturday, but it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. It's a lot of fun. It's hard to watch. So uh, the coverage this year is on NFL plus, which is a streaming platform. Uh, you can bring it up on your laptop, your computer, whatever on your phone. Uh, but I will say the coverage is is still hard to to watch only in that uh, usually the angles are from far away. If you're watching the full scrimmage, if you're watching individual performances, that's great. A lot of times the commentary uh, in the background is talking about something completely different. Once in a while, they'll highlight a player. Um, but often you're scrambling to figure out exactly who made the play and trying to find the jersey um, name on the on the back. Uh, to kind of put it all together. However, uh, with that said, it is a great uh, opportunity to get a look at these players. A lot of them go through an interview process at the Senior Bowl with individual NFL teams. You'll find scouting departments um, from every NFL team at this event, and Jim Nagy does a great job putting it on. Um, yeah, and and really, the, the it's anticlimactic. Uh, if you will, to actually watch the game because um, a lot of the information is had during these practice sessions where basically the microscope is on these players for four days with practice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, let's so kind of run through this. Go ahead. I would say a lot, a lot of the um, team scouts and GMs and anyone that's here from the NFL actually leave on Friday afternoon. They don't even stay for the game. So that'll give you an idea of it, it's this week of practice that they care about, not what happens on Saturday. So you had mentioned uh, prospects being light at quarterback. That's definitely true this year. In years past, there's been a few uh, quarterbacks uh, that have come 
that have been invited. I think Will Levis was invited to this one. He's been injured most of the year, um, kind of fighting through injuries mm-hmm. uh, and elected to skip this bowl. Um, probably wouldn't affect his draft status anyway and could only hurt it. So he kind of sidestepped this. We'll probably see him at the combine, no doubt. But yeah, the big Kenny, Kenny Pickett was here last year uh, and he's kind of the last like noticeable uh, guy that showed up um, to the senior bowl at quarterback. Um, and he was a guy that, you know, people were, had questioned, is he a first round guy? He's a fourth round guy. Um, and he came, performed well, most days had one really bad day, um, last year, but, um, you know, did pretty well. And, and it, and it definitely, um, pushed him from that, I don't know, range into the first round. Uh, and so sometimes quarterbacks will do that. But when you're already set, hey, I'm a first round quarterback, like that's what you're being told. These are guys that they don't have anything to gain. So why why would they come here and, and they've only got things to lose? Including injury. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about the guys that are here. Just a couple for me. Um, Jaron Hall out of BYU is probably a fourth round prospect in that range, at least as far as I've got him um, identified. Uh, kind of a shorter prospect, but a, a nice arm, lively arm, able to run uh, as well. Um, and the old. sleeper for me would He's be old. Tyson uh, Bangent, uh out of Shepherd. believe it or not. Uh, you like Jake Hanier out of Fresno mm-hmm. State. I think he did uh, today help himself a little bit in practices. He looked good. For me, he's a little squatty and um, on the heavy side. So I'm not exactly sure if he's if he's going to be mobile enough in the NFL, but he's got a lively arm and was accurate today. Yeah, uh, and I know that teams like him. Yeah, teams like him. I mean, he's a guy that he is. He's not. He's not skinny. Uh, <laughs> if you're at looking at that, but he, that also means he's going to be, um, in theory, more durable. Um, he's got a good yeah. arm. He's got and he's accurate, so he does those things well. But you're right, he's not athletic. Um, he's a different kind of different kind of player, but so he's the kind of guy that'll be there in the fourth, fifth round, but has enough like tools that if he is quick at processing what defenses are doing, he can have a great career. Um, I mean, you, of all people, somebody retired today um, named Mr. Tom Brady, who is not a particularly toolsy player um, and yet one of the best of all time because of how well he reads defenses and, and makes decisions and that kind of stuff. So um, I'm is not trying to compare Josh Hanner to that, but um, you know, Brock Purdy is in that same idea, right? Guy who not athletic, but just really smart. And, yeah, right. um, and so that's kind of the kind of comparison that um, Hanner is getting, you know, a Brock Purdy type late round guy that has, the potential to be an NFL player. So, um, so a couple, of, watching. a couple of position groups that are um, heavy with talent at the senior bowl. Um, the, the next two that I wanted to talk about running back and wide receiver, you, you're going to be able to find a guy in this um, senior bowl mm-hmm. that you like, because mm-hmm. um, especially if you're a Seahawks fan, there's a number of quarter, uh, running backs that run in a style that Pete Carroll likes, that the offense really likes to uh, dictate terms running the ball. We've already got Ken Walker Jr. He's more of an elusive, a bouncing back, if you will. Um, It'd be nice to get a complimentary back in the system that was between the tackles, forced to be reckoned with, the guy that's just going to punish you a little bit. 
And there's a few of those guys in this draft. Um, for me, a couple of them, I'll just name uh, Kenny McIntosh, probably the most well-known back uh, out of Georgia here at the Senior Bowl. Um, guy that's going to be able to run between the tackles and run with some juice. And the other guy I really like uh, that ended up breaking his hand yesterday in practice is Roshan Johnson, the second string running back from Texas. The first string running back is Bijan Robinson, uh, the guy that may end up going top 10 in this draft at the running back position. Um, so there's a lot of tread left on Johnson's tires, but he's a, he's a really sizable prospect. I don't have his height and weight uh, right in front of me, but I think he's real close to like 5'11 and 225 pounds. I mean, the guy's just a punisher and likes to run mm -hmm. that way too. I'm very interested in seeing um, more of Chris Rodriguez Jr. out of Kentucky. He's, um, you know, 5'10 yeah. um, and 224 pounds. And what little I've seen of him at this point is a guy that just runs people over. Doesn't does do like much do of that. running around people. He just runs people over. And that's the kind of guy that you need like on the goal line or third and one, right? You need yeah. someone who's going to run people over and get you that those couple of yards, um, even if they're not a threat to to take it deep. And and you know, the CX could use a guy like that. Daniel Jeremiah today commented that uh Chris Rodriguez Jr. out of Kentucky was the most consistent running back in the two days of practice interesting so yeah maybe a riser there now mm -hmm. i've seen projections where he ends up going in the sixth round or something i think that he's he has a much more desirable um floor and ceiling in the nfl than he did at kentucky and i could see him definitely going in the third or fourth round just because of the style that he runs with and so forth and he catches the ball out of the backfield too and then Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Everybody's talking oh, about this guy. He's had a great couple days of practice. Um, but he's a little smaller than Seattle would probably go for unless they just want a mm -hmm. complete change of pace back. Uh, but he's got speed for days, and he's just been kind of electric. Yeah, but he's not really a change of pace back when your starter is Ken Walker, who's also got speed for days and right. is a is a guy right. that bounces. The, the change of pace for Seattle would be a guy that comes in and pounds yes. between the tackles, knocks people back, and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, true, true, true. All right. You want to talk about wide receivers for a minute? Well, the wide receiver class here is um, it's interesting to me because there's some some guys that really look like they're ready to um, separate themselves and and be, you know, those first round receivers. I think it's a pretty it's a pretty honestly, I don't want to say it's a deep class. Um, it It is in that there's a lot of talent wide receiver in this year's draft class. I don't think there's the top end talent. Like last year, there was like, was seven wide receivers yeah. that went in round one. Um, this time, I think you're looking at three. Uh, but at the same time, there's like a lot of second, third round talent. And they're here um, at the senior at wide bowl. receiver. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, there isn't top top end talent here. First round ish. Uh, but you're going to get, yeah, like you said, second, third, and fourth round. There's probably 12, 13 guys at, in the wide receiver group here at Senior Bowl that are going to get drafted. Um, mm -hmm. You're looking at Rasheed Rice. Everyone's talking about Rasheed Rice, six foot two, 203 pounds, runs great routes, precise route runner, et cetera, and has, has speed to, to break away. The sleeper out there everyone's talking about is Andre Ios, Iosivas. 
um, I guess. He's he's just been very elusive, one of the most consistent performers so far in the Senior Bowl, according to Daniel Jeremiah, who's there uh, covering for the NFL Network. Um, and everyone seems to be talking about a guy I've never really paid attention to. And I'll just mention his name. Maybe you, uh, you've seen him, uh, but Michael Wilson out of Stanford apparently is the talk of the senior bowl as far as the wide receiver group um, being, I think yeah, he's about um, 6'1", 205, and just running great routes and really beating some of the corners and safeties uh, out there in the first two days of practice. Yeah, I mean, kind of surprisingly beating guys out there um, in days of practice because if you watched his tape and and Stan- I mean Stanford was not a good team and hasn't been for a couple of years and it's not like he went out there and stood out it's like well they're they're not they're a bad team but they've at least got this one good player um and so it was kind of he just he's just out there and he's he looks like a guy that's going to go early in the draft and you're like well where was this <laughs> right, in college exactly. and part of it was he really bad team but well and tanner uh, mckee was his quarterback at stanford and um you know for whatever whatever you say about tanner and and people expect him to go in the third round and stuff that's fine um but his touchdown to interception ratio was almost one-to-one and he just really struggled getting the ball out to his um his receivers and michael wilson could could very well just benefit from playing at the senior bowl against better competition and lining up against wide receivers that were perceived to be better than him and he goes out and beat beats them he's going to rise you know in, yeah, in this absolutely. Um, draft a guy that i've heard a lot about is um uh i'm going to say this name right but i think it's puka nakao um wide receiver out of BYU uh he played for 2 years at Washington before uh coming and going and playing 2 years at BYU 62205 and has um shown really well a lot of um very precise routes large route tree not not a guy that's limited to um just a few routes uh as far as what he does well um very complete route tree for a guy his size and um i yeah i've heard nothing but good things about all the stuff he's been doing uh there the first two days of practice cool puka nakao the cow, N-A-C-U-A. Yeah, that's a first name and last name. That's that's crazy. Uh, I've never, I've not even heard of him. Uh, <laughs> bad on me. But um, so, how about tight ends? So, I guess uh, again, pointing to Daniel Jeremiah, um, who I've um, been following and as well as watching a little bit of the Senior Bowl practice today. Uh, they're they giving rave reviews to tight end Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. He's oh, got the God. size, he's, the speed, the he's catch radius. Like a first round, yeah, he's making he's everybody like look look small. Uh, Jenner Jeremiah said that he is literally the best player on the field at the Senior Bowl. Okay, that's um, yeah that that that's big praise coming from him. Um, and this is a guy that really knows what he's looking at. Honestly, yeah. uh, I I have nothing bad to say about uh, Musgrave. Um, He's he only played in a couple five. games this year yeah, because but, of injury. But it's yeah, cuz cuz of injury, but he's a guy that um uh, he's 6'5, 255 pounds, um runs like 448. Um people some four, people are saying four, like 448, right? Yeah, at 255. People are some people are saying like 445, but what I'm 
um, reading is like, no, nah, it's more like, you know, it's, it's a little higher than that, but it's going to be under four or five. Um, and yeah, just anytime a guy, you get a six, uh, 265 pound guy that's six, five running in the four fours, yeah. dude, that kind of, that guy's going to be a mismatch nightmare in the NFL. Yeah. This is a guy who as an athlete is absolutely special and people are going to be like, I don't know. Cause he only paid, played two games this last year. Uh, but athletically he's special and he is a guy that could go round one the stage is set and we're counting down to the battle in arizona there's no better way to get ready for an nfl action than DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of super bowl 57 new customers can bet just five dollars and get 200 in free bets instantly Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add, up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. You I might recognize in. the name out there. His, his uncle was Bill Musgrave, quarterback, yeah. coach, and offensive coordinator in the NFL for a while. And his dad, um, I can't remember his first name off the top of my head, um, was, a, was a quarterback for Oregon State uh, as well mm-hmm. back in the day in the, in the late 80s. Um. That's about it for the tight end group. I mean, there's Payne Durham from Purdue, I guess, is is supposed to be kind of a sleeper here. Played in a smaller conference, but had 56 catches, 560 yards, and eight touchdowns. So, uh, he, you know, he was a producer, but we'll see what, what happens when he gets um, here with better talent uh, that he's facing on the defensive side. How about on the offensive line, Keith? It's a pretty okay. extensive list of this, players. Yeah. But, but really kind of, you know, as far as Seahawks fans are concerned, who are you looking at, um, as far as making a good impression here? Oh man. Um, it's hard to, um, look at, at this list and not just be like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, uh, they've got, there's some players out on the offensive line. Um, a guy like, uh, Dewan Jones, the offensive tackle at Ohio state, this guy's massive. Yep. Six foot eight, 360 pounds, but doesn't move like a guy who's 360 pounds. He looks like a, he can wait he in like at 375 guy. at the, at the senior bowl. Oh, wow. So I didn't re- realize he weighed in that much. I'm just reading like, this is what he was listed at, um, for yeah. his team, but he's a guy that moves like he's 315 and he's yeah. six foot eight, three six seventy. Dude, I watched him. Uh, I watched him in practice and he was a mountain of a man, a B he moved not like a mountain of a man. He moved with, with fleet feet and strong hands. Um, he beat everyone that came up against him on the defense. And I'm talking yeah. anyone from uh, Keanu uh, Benton to Keon White, the, the real ultra-fast defensive end edge player out of Georgia Tech, et cetera. He just basically beat everybody. He made um, mm-hmm. the kid from Army, I can't remember his name, the defensive edge guy um just look awful just and then put him on the ground after he made him look awful just to add insult to injury um so he was fantastic to to look at and watch as a prospect and i definitely he's going to be rising in oh yeah as an offensive tackle 
Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that that uh, has been uh, on my radar and, and I've been watching, and unfortunately um, for the Seahawks, is doing so well this week that I'm, you know, thinking that he may play his way out of the range where Seattle is looking to draft a center, and that's John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, mm-hmm. a guy that, um, you know, if he was if he was the second second of Seattle's um, second round picks, that would be a fantastic pickup because he looks like that. But people are talking about him in round one after these first couple days of practice because centers tend to be smaller guys. They get dominated more against defensive tackles and one-on-one drills. And that just isn't happening. He's just out there um, holding his own, looking good, doing it. You know, he uh, like he's known for being a really smart uh, player at center and, and doing all the little things right um and then now he gets out there and and is out muscling some of the defensive tackles and you're like all right that's that's what you that's a starting nfl center if you can do both the and interesting thing about, rise. the interesting thing about john michael schmitz is that he weighed uh 320 pounds while he was at minnesota this this season that's what he was listed at he came in weighing uh, at the senior bowl at 305 so he dropped 15 pounds for this gig and that made him a viable candidate, I think for Seattle at center because of the way that they want their centers to be a little bit more athletic, be able to move to the second level in a spread zone scheme situation. He would be an ideal fit for me now at this point. Oh yeah. Um, before I was like, yeah, he's kind of out of the scheme a little bit based on his size and so forth and, and, and the reputation as a mauler. And now he comes in a little bit more uh, fleet footed uh, light on his feet, um, still strong. Um, and he's looking good. Reports mm-hmm. are out that, that he's a, he's definitely a riser. He was already in the second round as far as, you know, mid second round. Uh, now you're looking at the top of this, you know, second round fringe first round. Um, but that could definitely be in play for Seattle, maybe the first second round pick, um, on a position of need for Seattle is definitely a guy I'm watching at the, definitely at the senior a bowl. Position of need. Couple of guards uh, and, looked really good too, Keith. Um, well, Steven and, uh, Avea out of TCU yep. looked looks really good. Um, Nick, Nick Boker out of Mississippi is a mm-hmm. guy that I think Seattle would be interested in in the middle rounds. Another name would is um, uh, Emil Ekior from out of Alabama. He played guard and has settled in as their right guard for the last couple of years and looked great mm-hmm. doing it, but. Um, you know, Saban actually called Bill Nagy and was like, hey, get this guy some reps at center during this mm-hmm. week uh, and let him show that because he played center in high school and he he started uh, his career as a center um, in uh, at, at Alabama, but he was good enough that he could play guard and dominate there. Uh, and now he's moving back over to center just for this, just to show that he has that ability to do that. And if he can do what he did at guard uh, at Alabama and be a center. Like that's a guy that could be special. And um, so I'm like watching uh, what's going on with him because apparently, you know, he's looked good and he, he claimed he was rusty the first, you know, few snaps and it took him a while to readjust to center. But that was the quotes from him. The quotes from the scouts are not saying the same thing. They're just saying that he looked good from day or from snap one. So uh, I find that to be interesting. A couple other players to watch at center and, and then at guard. Um, Jarrett Patterson out of Notre Dame looks good. 
Um, he's kind of an undersized guy at 305, 301, something like that. Six, two, six, three, uh, named to he's watch a, there in the third, guy fourth I, round. I, I'm surprised he's not a guy that's, um, getting more like either there, there's a lot of guard talk about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a guy that to me just, is, there's just, he just says center, like yeah. his, his athletic profile, everything just says center. And so I'm kind of wondering like when yeah. people are going to start noticing that and shorter arms, you got like 32 and a half or 33 arms, you know, he's not e- extremely long and he doesn't look long when you look at him. Uh, another guy that, um, is there's two guys I think that would, that would, um, be on Seattle's radar, small school guys. Uh, the kid from North Dakota state, Cody mock, uh, M a U C H, uh, played tackle for them moving into guard, at the senior bowl, which is mm-hmm. the proper place for him. Cause he's it's got 30, pro- yeah. 33 inch arms. He's like 325, 35 pounds, um, six, uh, three, six, four. Um, and he's also taking some reps at center. And then mm-hmm. Nick Salva, Derby, uh, from old dominion is another guy that's just extremely strong. Um, kind of a blocking, it favors a run blocking type of uh, a guard that Seattle might have on their radar in the later rounds, like fifth, sixth round. Yeah. Um, those are, yeah, those are a couple of good names. Um, this is I, a great group. So the, the, the running is. backs, the wide receivers and the offensive line uh, at the senior bowl are, are solid. And when you go into the draft, those are all uh, three of those groups are also deep in the draft as well. So it's, it should, and those are areas of need, I think for Seattle, um, second, uh, running back, obviously center interior guard positions on the offensive line and then wide receiver. Um, it'd be nice to solidify that third, third spot for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, you're, you're right. These are, these are positions where Seattle needs match what we're seeing at the senior bowl, um, in, interior offensive line, um, wide receiver and day two running backs. Um, and they don't need a top end wide receiver. That's good. Cause there's not a lot here. Um, <laughs> right. The they don't need, the, a, they don't ahead. need a top. They don't need a top running back. Well, that's good because what we're seeing here are guys that are going to be, um, you know, third rounders, but are really good players there. And, um, you know, interior offensive linemen. I mean, it, it it is a good match of Seattle's offensive needs versus the talent here. So yeah. they're getting a, they're getting a lot out of these practices as far as their ability to build their draft board uh, with in the positions where they need. Uh, and we already know that they like the senior bowl players a lot. And Jim Nagy, they mm-hmm. value his his opinion, all that kind of stuff. You know, you go on the other side of the ball, Keith, on the defensive side. It also helps Seattle. Um, there's a tremendous amount of defensive line help in this uh, senior bowl when it comes to edge defenders, uh, when it comes to defensive tackles, and then uh, later on when we move towards um, safeties, linebackers, corners. It's it's deep throughout, and I think mm-hmm. um, Seattle is really going to improve their roster this year. So Yeah. It, it, I mean, Seattle better improve their roster with the draft capital <laughs> that they'd have. The only way that they wouldn't is if they just completely – you know, mail in the scouting process, <laughs> which they won't do. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, and you know, the I think I mentioned him earlier. Uh, Keanu uh, Benton out of Wisconsin has has got a really nice body at three hundred fifteen pounds, six four, long, 
stout, um, able to play both the edge and and a little bit of the interior at defensive tackle. The sleeper, though, that I think everybody is interested in, that, that people are starting to talk about a lot now, is Keon White, Keith, from Georgia Tech. Um, it's 6'4", 286 pounds. This mm-hmm. guy moves like um, he he's moves like lightning. Like you go watch him, and he's just uh, got a tremendous motor. He's got a, a really nice uh, uppercut move and edge to get around. He's big enough to bull rush you as well. Um, he's he's definitely on the rise. Daniel Der- Jeremiah in his big board put him at prospect number eight overall in this draft. Wow. Yeah, that's way higher than I've seen him on any way else. higher. And again, Daniel Jeremiah knows his stuff. So I'm not, yes, he does. Uh, I'm not doubting that at all. Uh, he's a guy that I have kind of looked at and was like, you know, um, Georgia tech. No one's looking at Georgia tech. No one's going to talk about this guy. He's going right. to be, he's going to be there in round two and whoever is going to get him is going to get a special player that late. Well, not if Jan- Daniel Jeremiah has <laughs> right. him at eight. He's going right. first round now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. So, you know, this happens every year where there's a player that just kind of is sitting out in the shadows. Nobody's really watched tape on, of course, Georgia Tech. And and all of a sudden, boom, there they are. They fit all the profiles, everything you've been looking for. You thought you were getting a late, later round steal in the third or fourth round with a guy like this. All of a sudden, he's swooping up probably exactly right where he should have been the entire time yeah. and displacing some of the other prospects at the top of the draft that maybe were there because of reputation. But really, when you take a look at, at what they did on the field, it doesn't match that reputation and they fall a little bit. Guys like this should well, have been part there of the whole is, time. Part of it is that, you know, I mean, obviously the the stuff that that we see when we say, oh, you know, that we th- or they're looking at, at like a third round, whatever. Um, it's because most people haven't seen him. Like there's so many players in college football that um, you have, we haven't watched everybody and it, it's going to be a long time down the stretch before mm-hmm. we get to Georgia tech of, of the places to go and scout, um, you know, and yeah. as far as like, let's face it, you know, we're, we're actually part of the media now and um, we're going to, get our our clicks and and listens if we talk about Alabama and Washington and Oregon and Stanford and um Auburn right you know, so it's you're talking about Georgia Tech no one's going to care um and so that's why nobody watches them nobody really talks about them they sit there in the third round but then you get to this time of year and everyone starts dialing in um trying to get as much information as possible and a guy like White shows up at the senior bowl and everyone goes, wait, who is this guy who mm-hmm. looks amazing? And they go finally go and watch his tape and they're like, oh yeah, this guy's special. And, um, yeah, yeah, this is no, why- he's, he's got explosiveness and power oh, and man. lateral agility. And then yep. he also defends the run really well. He's one of the mm-hmm. best run defenders at this position in the entire draft. You go look at him. He's got 14 tackles for loss not just this season, but the season before last. Um, so he's very consistent. He's got the power, uh, translate to power to speed, speed to power, whatever way you want to say it, and gets to the quarterback, affects uh, the, the pass rush. He'd be an excellent pick for Seattle. When you watch him a little closer, if he's available there at 20, I think Seattle, oh, it would be in God. play, especially if they 
pick him at 20 that would be amazing yeah if especially if they um go quarterback early for whatever reason or maybe even if they double up and they go defensive line uh, their top two picks in the first round I, i'm not a hater on that idea either um, no if you go if you go carter at five jalen carter and then you come up come down yes. and get a guy like um white at 20 yeah, it I changes mean, your entire defense if you do that Oh God, that's two incredibly special players in the same draft. Um, I mean, that's like what, what happened to Seattle's offensive line last year when they drafted both their starting tackles, right? You're making that big of a change in one draft if you can get those two guys. Yeah, um, I don't think they'll get both those two guys just because I don't think Jalen Carter drops to five, um, and I kind of don't think White's going to drop to twenty. Yeah. I think you got to move up to fifteen somewhere in there to land him. Um, I just. I just read so. from a credible source today as well that uh, Chicago is going to stay with their with their quarterback, Justin Fields, and they're not going to be in the market uh, in the draft for a quarterback, and they're looking to trade out of the number one pick overall. Interesting. Yeah. I thought someone, that was interesting. Someone's going to, I mean, a lot of teams with the first overall pick want to trade out of it. Um, very few ever do because... That's price you have to give up. You have yeah, the price is really so. Steep. If, and you if, have if you were, for example, Seattle at five and you needed to move up to number one to get your quarterback of, of the decade, um, and you would try to do that, it would cost you that fifth pick, it would cost you the 20th pick, it would probably cost you the first pick in the in 2024. Yeah, the pick at 34, it would cost you that as well. So that's steep. That's what we're talking about as far as being steep is concerned. Okay. Um, other de- edge defender guys, uh, Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame is a, is a big name that's out there. He's projected mm-hmm. to go uh, end of first round, uh, top, you know, 45 picks overall getting into the second round. He's actually a, a player that would fit into Seattle's scheme in the mold of, um, I guess probably Taylor. Um, you know, he can, he can drop back into coverage. He's a, you know, a bigger you've, body though. You've got boy, Mafe in that same spot with Taylor. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a crowded position to spend a mm-hmm. early pick, uh, there. Um, uh, I, would he fit in Seattle scheme? Absolutely. Don't the I reason don't that I think that he might be on the radar is, is, um, we know that Taylor struggles to, to defend the run mm-hmm. and Foskey does not. This guy is a, a definitely a run defender and edge edge defender kind of guy. set the edge. Boy, Mafe is good at that as well. We know the struggles that Seattle had defending the run this last year. So adding another prospect like that, moving away mm-hmm. from Taylor, making Taylor just a spa, pass rush specialist might be something that they would, they would do. Yeah. Um, do you want to run through the list of, of defenders and, and defensive tackles that you're kind of looking at? Oh, so there's a lot of, I mean, the defensive line, the interior, the non non edge guys, it's not a long list, um, but there are some really interesting names on it. I mean, people are going to go like, Oh, Byron young, Alabama, of course, Jalen Redmond, Oklahoma, that, you know, makes sense. Um, but I'm interested in, um, Gerard Clark out of Coastal Carolina, yeah. which I know is weird. Like, who? 
what school? Um, but the guy's just got the measurables of an NFL player, even though he's yeah. in Coastal Carolina. And he's a guy that honestly I don't know much about, but he's got the measurables of an NFL player. So I want to see what he does this week. Like that, these are the ones that are really interesting to me. Um yeah. I haven't seen much of Tyler Lacey at Oklahoma State uh this year or Carl Burks from Bowling Green. I mean, these are the these the, there's some good talent here and I just want to get a chance to actually evaluate them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I think Jared Clark's definitely worth a look. Although I thought he was a little plotting uh, when I watched him in one-on-ones against the uh, tackles and guards in this um, in practice today, but he's got the size that I think Seattle might be looking for as far as an interior uh, run defender mm-hmm. uh, at nose tackle, six, three and a half, 343 pounds, 34 inch arms. Uh, again, he is a little slow. Um, but that wouldn't be what he would be asked to do. He's, he's asked to two gap, take, take double teams, et cetera. Uh, the other guy I'd be looking at in that similar role would be, uh, Sakai Ika, uh, out of Baylor, um, uh-huh. projected it's to go in the early second round. Um, he's a guy that's a little bit more athletic than Jared Clark, a little bit heavier. Um, and, and just has, is a bowling ball kind of a player. Um, Byron Young, uh, uh, out of Alabama is a player I think Seattle would have on their radar. Oh, absolutely. Um, six, three and a half, 297 pounds, 34 inch arms, 81 and five eighths inch wingspan. Guy moves great. Um, he looks like a guy that's going to be your um, pass rushing specialist at three. Yeah. Tech. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and, and that would allow us p- potentially to move on from, um, a player like Shelby Harris, for example, at eleven yeah. million dollar cap hit, um, mm-hmm. that that'd be in that same sort of mold. Um, and then you know other players out there. I mentioned Keon White. Um, I really like him. He's just so long. He's six four and a half, two hundred and eighty pounds, thirty three and five eighths inch arms with an eighty one inch, in, uh, inch uh, wingspan. KJ Henry's out there. Uh, if you're looking for a, a traditional edge uh, rusher guy uh, at you know, an outside linebacker slash edge edge guy at 247 pounds, 6'4", 33-inch arms. Um, Andre Carter, same sort of thing uh, in, in that bent. Um, Carl Brooks is in, is another guy that's going to be um, in the Shelby Harris mode um, in this senior bowl at 6'3", 303 pounds uh, with a little bit shorter arms. The other guy that everyone's talking about is Will McDonald, the, the fourth, the 6'3 and a half. 241 pounds, 35 inch arms. Um, yeah, he's not, he's not an interior. Him. He's an edge player. He's not yeah. an interior lineman. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very similar to uh, Zach Harrison out of Ohio state guy with um, athleticism for days, but he's going to be an outside linebacker in this mm-hmm. system. And so therefore not a guy that mm-hmm. I'm paying a lot of attention to simply because as needs go, that's low on the list yeah, in my that's world. That's true. That's true, especially we've got Alton Robinson sitting there, too, that was mm-hmm. on injured reserve most of the year. Yeah. How about uh, linebacker, traditional linebacker, like middle linebacker? I know that DeMarvin Overshone is is sitting there, but he's undersized at 6'2", 220. Uh, he weighed in at 220 at the Senior Bowl here, and I that's he was expected to come linebacker. in at, at 235 and did not. That's really light for that position, so I'm I'm not sure what that does for him as far as dropping him. Right now, you know, I've seen him 
available on big boards into the, you know, 80 to 100 range. And I think that drops them a little bit. Yeah. And then um, Henry uh, 2020 uh, out of Alabama apparently <laughs> had an injury and pulled out last second, uh, which is too bad because I really wanted to get him, get a chance to, to, to see more of him and really scout him because that defense is one that has so much talent everywhere that it's hard to pick on one player and really like focus in. Yeah. Um, but there's some other guys, Aubrey Miller Jr. out of Jackson State, mm-hmm. right? This is a guy that you think of Jackson State, like, well, that's not a huge school, but, um, you know, that's where Dion was. And he was able to recruit guys that wouldn't normally go to the school like that. And he, this is one of them. And I think that he's a guy who's, um, you know, middle linebacker at 240. So he's, he's got the size and uh, runs really well. I think this type of player that Seattle's going to have on their roster or on their radar. Um, how about cornerback and safety? Let's wrap this conversation up with the back end of the defense. Um, you know, I, I think that Tariq Stevenson is probably one of the premier guys um, here at the, at the senior bowl. Super mm, impressive with long arms, agility, fluid technique. Um, he was really matching up well against receivers for the most part. Um, Julian Brents, uh, Julius Brents, again, is 6'3", 202 with uh, 83-inch wingspan. It's, this is a guy that's going to be on everyone's radar, I think, if you're looking for a long corner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's hit and miss on tape, but he's got athletic attributes for days. He needs coaching. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot Devon, of these guys do. Yeah. Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois is a guy that people are going to look at and have. Um, yes. Yeah. It's going to be watched. Um, Anthony Johnson. I like him. He's a physical, one. physical corner. Mm-hmm. Like Devon Witherspoon on the Seahawks would be my dream to go along with Tariq Woolen. I mean, he, Devon Witherspoon is Trey Brown in a bigger body. Yeah. Uh, just a very physical guy, but actually has more length. And um, I am not, that is not a complaint. That is not a downside slide or anything. Uh, I think he'd be a great, a great fit in Seattle. Um, safety is a little harder for me in that it's harder to scout um, safeties from where we do it because we don't get all 22 tape a lot, mm-hmm. which means they're not on camera a lot. And so you, it, it's really hard. Safety is one of those positions I'm just not good at. Um, I look at down this list and I see Christopher Smith at a Georgia and I'm like, yep, that's probably a guy that, that everyone should be looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. Cause it's, it's Georgia and you know how good right. they, they've been recently. Uh, but then I'm like, okay, Jordan battle. That's a guy who ha- has been on my radar as a potential, you know, um, mm-hmm. the, the second, second round pick for Seattle and, and, um, I, getting a chance to see him this week has been been nice. I I haven't had any complaints. Um, as far as what's going on there, bigger guy, physical, but um, very smooth in coverage. So I think he's been uh, he's made he's definitely looked good uh, in this. Uh, is there anyone I'm missing? Because like I said, well, this isn't a position you, group. You that did I'm, a I'm good you at. did a mock draft a couple um couple months ago and in your mock mm-hmm. draft i think in the fifth or sixth round you chose jemmy robinson out of florida state it's as true your, as your safety mm-hmm. and i i just hesitate on him only because he's a free safety but he's got short shorter arms and i'm not sure he's going to test well on um agility yeah. and speed and so i'm i'm a little worried there the guy he's i'm looking really looking less for, athletic yeah 
the guy I'm looking for here is more of a strong safety guy, but can play in a, in a hybrid role. He can drop back into coverage because he's got great coverage skills and he's so long is um, J.L. Skinner out of Boise State. Um, I just, he's just a physical beast. Mm-hmm. And he's 6'4", 211 pounds, 33 and a half inch arms. Um, he's, he probably had the best two days worth of practices at the safety position. Um, according to those that were there and watched all the, all the practice, um, scheme versatility though is his, is his jam. Um, mm-hmm. he can, he can cover the back end for you and he can come up and, and knock somebody, um, with his physical attributes. And so that's a guy I would think would be on Seattle's radar. Um, especially if we do move on from, um, from our, our current strong safety. Who's Adams. been on injured reserve forever? Yep, and, Jamal Adams. Um, you know, we've um, got some decisions to make this year. I think. Have you seen much from Kayvon uh, Merriweather out of Iowa? No, I didn't notice him in reps today. See, that's that right there is interesting because he's a guy that he is here at the Senior Bowl with an opportunity to either uh, explode and become a second, well, not a second, a third round player, or he could sink and be a seventh round guy. Um, and if he's not making plays and you you're you don't notice him when you're watching stuff, that makes me think he's sinking. And that's too bad. I, I really I, I look at him and I I see some of his stuff and I haven't a chance had a chance to scout him. And even when I do, like I said, because I'm doing this uh via tape and he's rarely on 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 screen. But from what I've you know, the little bit I've seen and, and some of the highlights, I'm like, this looks like a guy that can run. And just I'll be honest, know. I was looking for guys that I was already somewhat familiar with today. Mm-hmm. And I took notes on most of those type of players. Um, there wasn't too many people that that just really um popped out to me other than really what I was looking for. Other than maybe uh DeHalen uh Henley out of Washington State, uh a little undersized, but definitely productive. Uh I just don't know exactly where he fits in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Interesting. And and the other guy I wanted to talk about that that isn't participating but is at the senior bowl at least for interview process is Hendon Hooker, the six mm-hmm. three and a half, two hundred and eight pound quarterback from Tennessee. Uh looked was, great before he was injured. He was a Heisman like it was obvious. Like just point. That's the guy who's gonna win it. And then he gets hurt blows out a knee and um so then you know everyone kind of forgot about him but man he looked fantastic at tennessee yeah and um, if he drops into the third or fourth round and he's sitting there um seattle would would be i think a great destination for him he's not going to drop that far he's not going to be able to he's not going to be ready a he's not going to be ready for week one in the nfl and you're and he's going to be he's an older prospect and so you've got to weigh those things out and those two it's alone, I think, drop him. Yeah, he's um, not. He's not going to be a guy that you got to take in the with a fifth overall pick or anything stupid he's, like he's, that. He has but, early second round talent, if not higher. If he didn't get got, hurt, I think he's got first round talent. But the age slash, he's not going to be ready um, to participate in this off season program uh, year one, which means you really look at you're you're drafting a guy for for year two and beyond. And he's going to drop years his old. Value. And he's an that's what I meant. And he's an older not prospect. not twenty five now, but he'll be twenty five by the time that that happens. And so mm-hmm. it's it's really tough. And and so yeah, you you might throw a uh, something at the wall with the guy, but you're not going to waste 
you know, a, a high draft pick. No, two teams that have um, talked to him extensively have been um, Tennessee was one of them and um, Indianapolis was the other. Those are mm-hmm. two teams that have not just like, you know, they've, they brought him in for interviews and one of them, I don't remember which one I read, but it was like a really, it was like a half hour interview on a single player, which is crazy. Um, and so they're, these guys, these are teams that are clearly interested and it might be one of those things where if they miss out on who they're looking at in the, in round one, well then, especially if you're Tennessee, you go, oh, we'll just run back the Tannehill train for another year, draft this guy. And then a year from now, we've got our guy. Uh, I could definitely see them, them doing that as well. Interesting. Yeah. You know, there's two players I would love to have out of this uh, group. Um, John Michael Schmidt at center. And I want that running back. There's something about Rashawn Johnson from Texas that I just really like. You go watch him play. It's his attitude, the way that he runs. He likes to punish. He doesn't avoid contact. He's a run after contact guy and um, run after, uh, you know, makes people miss on tackles. Let, you know, as far as percentage wise, was one of the uh, highest percentage of missed tackle uh, guys uh, in college football, even though he didn't have a lot of touches, which is actually not a bad thing um, if you're going into the NFL because a guy like that's a punisher and he doesn't have a lot of wear on the tires right now. And um, he could be one of the most underrated players in the draft, I think. Yeah. Um, definitely. And I think especially because he wasn't the, he wasn't the starter. He wasn't the star. So people aren't thinking of him as, oh, he's the guy that you're going to bring in and 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 base your offense around because he couldn't even, you know, crack the starting lineup uh, in college. But he doesn't have the wear and tear. Yeah, he did break and, a bone in his hand though, but he finished the day practicing after he broke his hand. Yeah, um, which was which is a great testament to him. But he's not going to be out there anymore. He's not going to play. So mm-hmm. missed opportunity. But you know, maybe that hides him, shields him a little bit more. If it hides him, lets him drop a little bit, and then he ends up in uh, Seattle where he doesn't have to be the guy because they've yeah. already got the guy um, on the roster, and they may even have a guy they're very comfortable with, with as a backup on the roster. And so he comes in as a third guy who's going to push guy number two. And yeah. that's where you want a guy. Why like do that. why do I feel like we're going to end up with Roshan Johnson or Chase Brown or Kenny McIntosh um, or Evan Hall out of this draft? I just feel like Seattle's going to draft a running back. I just, as much as I think, you look at John Robinson, Keith, and he just has this skill set and and style and elusiveness and catching out of the backfield and punishing. Uh, He's just one of the best prospects I've ever seen, but I couldn't imagine Seattle wasting, not wasting, picking him at five or dropping back and picking him at 10 or using the no. 20th pick to pick him. Wasting um, would be the appropriate adjective. But but Chris Rodriguez or Kenny McIntosh, Chase Brown, one of those guys, um, Rashawn Johnson in the third round, I would mm-hmm. just be giddy if if Seattle did that because that would solidify that position. So the the best running back name in this draft, not talent, but name, Tank Bigsby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tell you, that is a guy that you hand the ball off to and he run him up the middle. I don't know anything about his skill set, <laughs> actually, but uh, it doesn't matter his skill set. Those are the words yeah, I should be using. Um, 
you hand it off to him to tank bigsby and you let him run up the middle is he from um, he's from auburn right he's from auburn yeah yeah he's um, not at the senior ball but no uh, it's one of those things i i do this every year there are guys <laughs> whose names just jump yeah. out at me as like now yeah, that storm, storm duck was last year's version um or sky Moore at wide receiver yeah. which is playing yeah. in the super bowl uh <laughs> with the chiefs um yeah, there there are certain players that their name just like jumps out and like, yep, that's the right thing. And Seattle <laughs> for the longest time, like for me, like, and this is a name that's gonna gonna throw back for some of you. Um uh Max Strong was Seattle's fullback for like yeah. at least a decade. And he that's the perfect name for a fullback. You'll never find a better name for a fullback than Max Strong. Um and honestly, yeah, Tank he was Sean Biggs, Alexander's fullback. Yeah. Tank Bigsby has that same name quality. Um, and um, that's funny. That doesn't say anything about his talent, but there are names that just belong at certain positions. And that's one of them. That's funny. Okay. So this was the <laughs> senior bowl preview, but really it's just reviewing practice and talking about prospects mm -hmm. and players, because I don't imagine there's a lot of people that, that, that take the time to watch the senior bowl. But if you do, it's on this Saturday, go watch it. Um, you'll learn a bit about players that are probably on Seattle's radar. A lot of the players that we talked about specifically, we wouldn't be talking about them if they didn't fit kind of what Seattle was really all about. And that's yeah. where we're coming from. And so um, and if, you, if you picked up a little things really hard, you can go look at the Seattle's drafts from the last five years and compare that to senior bowl rosters. They draft a lot of senior bowl players. Yeah. That's just, Derek that's Young was, was a player last year that, you know, mm -hmm. was on, was on their radar from this. And there's, there's, there's been a few, there's been a few Quinn Miners made a name for himself last year, you know, coming up from, a, from a small school and just, you know, belly out and being dominant on the offensive line last year, ended up going to Denver. Um, but Perry and but Winfrey, Perry and um, Winfrey a, was a riser big time. Yeah. It was a defensive tackle that you and I both liked because of his ability to get pressure from the interior Yes, and he he been rose from for years. Complete, complete obscurity up until round three at the senior bowl. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, guy that we both really liked. All right, um, I think what we'll do next week is we'll come back and we'll talk about what we saw at the senior bowl, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> the actual game, and uh, and and we'll see where these prospects that we just talked about actually how they did, how they performed, where they might expect to go in the draft. We'll also come back next uh, week and we're going to talk about roster building as far as the way we see Seattle building this roster um, from free agency in, and also in the draft um, and find out how we do because it's definitely a puzzle this year. I, I've tried to solve it many, many times in my own mind and on this show talking about it on how we're going to put it all together and i still haven't figured it out because the big huge piece is the quarterback spot yeah and until, until we they know figure that, that out it's hard to really um go go any further but we're going to give it a shot yep all right let's get out of here find keith on twitter at myers nfl you can find me at nwc hawk you know where the show's at and when you find it hit the subscribe button both in your podcast platforms and on youtube so until next time go hawks cool. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. 
You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.